It's not often during service I get to call a redirect because I don't usually know what Walt's doing. Um, what we had, what we experienced during worship, that was what in Scripture in the book of Acts is described as a tongue and an interpretation. And it's where God's speaking to his people. And as he was speaking, I knew what song we were getting ready to sing because it's the song I'm preaching on today. And I knew I'd asked them to sing that song and they hadn't sung it yet, so I figured it was the last one on the, on the docket. And God spoke to us in, in his word about his plans, about what he sees. He literally said in, in the message he gave to us that he wants to break change, that it changed, that he wants to set us free from addiction. I mean, he was speaking the words that we were getting ready to sing in response to him. There's something powerful about what we do in worship. There's something profound about this time. And in moments, we can miss what we're doing. And that's why um, I'm just going. I know there's a lot that we were supposed to do this morning. We'll get to it eventually. Um, but I'm just going with my message right now. Um, I wanted to start a series called Playlist. It's one I preached, I think, about two or three years ago. Uh, and what the intent of this series is, we've talked about it, is to take songs that we sing and bring context to the songs. Like, it's one thing to sing. You know, I like to sing in my car, right? I remember when I first got my Jeep, it had a sound bar in it. It had subs in the center. Take the top off. I remember driving down the highway. Remember coming to a stoplight? Those are red and green and yellow things that happen at intersections. I know we don't know them around here, but they do exist. Um, Anyway, and I remember someone looking over at me because I was singing like a fool in my Jeep. I mean, I like to sing songs. My wife drives her crazy because you know what I do when I sing a song? I just make up the words. You know, if it sounds right, I'm saying it. I don't care if that's what the, uh, the, the singer sang. I'm saying, you know how many uh, disputes have been settled with Google in my house and my wife showing me that I'm singing the wrong words? You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it makes sense because I'm just singing for fun. But man, I think sometimes we're so conditioned to singing that when we come in to worship, we're singing with the same kind of mentality. Our mind is in the same place like it doesn't really matter. Like I like the way this beat sounds. I can sing this one. Mm, I don't like that one. I don't need to sing that one. That one's a little high. That one's a little low. Like we approach worship with the same mentality as we're approaching and we're just making stuff up and we're just going through the motions. We're singing real loud and we don't care if it's bugging someone else next to us. I mean, not that that's not all appropriate at some time in worship, but it's not normative. (laughs) You see, our worship experience, Walt took a moment in, in, in worship to talk about the presence, the Holy of Holies. The idea of worship is that we're coming into the presence of God. Last week we talked about loving God with all of our heart. Remember the message, positioning ourselves for his presence. And we're doing that through worship. By acknowledging what God has done and and what God is doing, we're positioning ourselves in his presence. It's profound. It's a mystery. It's almost beyond comprehension. That God inhabits the praises of his people. Like that when we're singing in this room, he said that's a sweet incense that's rising up into the presence of God. Like it's not just we're singing for each other, 
It's not just whether we're singing the right harmony or not. It's, just, it's not just whether we're singing the right music. We're singing and we're entering into the presence of God. We're honoring God with our worship. And so if we're in the presence of God, I think it's important that we know what we're singing. Right? Like, it's good to know what I'm singing. It's good to know about what I'm singing about. This morning, the last song that we sang is, is the song that I want to spend some time teaching on. You know, really, when I, when I picked the song, I thought it was like a really easy one. It was called I Speak Jesus. Like, how complicated can it get, Pastor? Way to set the bar real, real high. I mean, we sang that song, I Speak Jesus. I got the words up here. I want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and mind. I know there's peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Life. It's not like life. It is life. That's what happens when you try to open PowerPoint while you're preaching a sermon. Knowing I was preaching on the name of Jesus. We had an interesting moment in Bible study. Now, if any of you guys are crazy, you can, you can come to Bible study. Um, we get here at 6 o'clock, and you know what we're reading right now? We're reading the book of Revelation. So I've got to jump ahead to that one. I'll tell you what. You want to wake yourself up. You talk about, like, God's wrath at 6 o'clock in the morning with a bunch of guys. I mean, that's kind of what we've been doing. Um, but we read in Revelation uh, 19 this week, and it stood out to me knowing what I'm, what I'm preaching about. I want you to notice that in these five verses, or these four verses I have up here, uh, it was 11 through 16. I took a little bit out. He references kind of this context or the name of Jesus uh, four different times, literally twice, three times saying a name. I saw in heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. If he's called that, that's probably his name, just for the record if you're wondering. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows. I mean, what in the world is that? But he himself, he's dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And so what was supposed to be a simple message just got real complicated. Because we see here we got three names. I mean, we got three different things. He's called Faithful and True. He, his name is the Word of God. His name in Britain on his thigh is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But in the middle of all that, we got a name that no one knows. You see, I believe that there's more to the name of Jesus Christ than we even comprehend. I believe there's something in this message. I believe there's something this morning that as we look at the name of Jesus Christ, he wants to speak maybe a mystery. And maybe we have to be content with the understanding that there's more to this name of Christ than we may ever understand in this earth. There's parts of it that we absolutely can understand. He's faithful, true. He, he's, word, he's the word of God. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. We know that absolutely, but there's a part of this name that is a mystery. There's a part of this name that we still need to strive to understand. My heart this morning is that we can look at the name of Jesus Christ. The verse that I, I picked that I thought was the best for this song. This is in John 14. Very truly, I tell you. Whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. This is Jesus talking, just in case you're wondering who I is. They will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. 
Kids, if you're writing all the verses down this morning, good luck. Write small. Adults, if you're writing down all the verses this morning, good luck. Write small. I know Pastor Tara gives them a prize if they get it covered. So maybe if you take her or something, she'll give you a prize too. Anyway, that's besides the point. I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Huh? I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me anything, for anything, in my name, and I will do it. And Jesus looked at them and he said, anything you ask in my name. What is this name? You know, that's how Pastor Steve works. So I started to look at, like even in men's Bible study, we did it while we were there. We assumed that maybe one of these names was a different word than the other ones, and that's why one was a mystery and one wasn't. And so we went to Scripture. There's, there's what they call an interlinear Bible, if you're ever really bored and want to look at it. And what it has is the Greek text that the New Testament is written in, or the Hebrew text that the Old Testament is written in, and it shows you the, the literal translation between the two. So when it comes to a word like name, what do I do? I find Scriptures that talk about the name of the Lord. And I look at them, and I see whether or not there's different contexts or different words used with that name. You know what I found out? All the same. In Scripture, name is name. It's a Greek word. Uh, Anoma is the word O-N-O-M-A. I mean O-N-O-N-O-M-A, but they don't have that, so it would have to be like Omicron, New Omicron. You know, I mean, but that's the way we translate it. So it's a word that they used every time. Don't worry about what the word was. And when I looked at it, the name, guess what it means? Name. But it also means authority. And it also means uh, cause. In, in, in the definition or the, the dictionary it's looking at, it says when we're speaking of the name, we're speaking of the character, the fame, and the reputation of someone. It's the manifestation and revelation of someone's character distinguishing them from others. Wow, there's something different about this. The helps word study. I like this because I think when it comes to the name of Jesus, this is where our brains go. It says praying in the name of Christ means to pray as directed or authorized by him, bringing revelation that flows out of being in his presence. It's not just a religious formula to end prayers or get what we want. Praying in the name of Jesus is acknowledging what I've learned from the presence of God. We position ourselves for his presence. How? I'm going to have to preach the last three weeks again. Worship. Good job, Joellen. Worship. We position ourselves through sacrifice, and we positioned ourselves physically or, or through, through what we've done with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. Anyway, that's, that's there. Uh, Pastor, put that in my notes. Put that sermon back on the calendar. Um, anyway, um, so when we get into the presence of God, what happens? What happens when you're in the presence of God? He meets us. You know what's interesting that I saw in researching this word name? It comes from the other Greek word that, that's called gnosko. And gnosko in Greek literally means to know or it means knowledge of. So I found it compelling that, that name comes from the root of knowledge. When we speak the name of Jesus Christ, we're speaking the knowledge that we've learned of him. That's the fame. That's the reputation. That's the authority. That's the cause that we've been able to learn. 
So it's not just I'm speaking this, this name, this, this individual or this magic word. I'm speaking the story of Jesus Christ, who I've learned him to be. So when I speak Jesus, it's not about someone I don't know. It's not just about someone I've heard of. It's about someone who I have intimate knowledge of. I speak the name of Jesus. So then that leads the question, who is Jesus? I mean, we can assume we all know, right? When I can assume that in this room, every one of us knows who Jesus Christ is, I can take it for granted. But, but I think before we can talk about speaking the name of Jesus, we might want to know who this Jesus guy is. Remember, he's the one that was prophesied about in the book of Isaiah. For unto us, or for to us, a child is born, to us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's the one who was prophesied about in the book of Joel. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. So for the course of history, these are only two. There's been prophecies, there's been stories, there's been promises that have come from God that one is coming, that that one is coming, he will be a counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, in whom we'll find deliverance and salvation. They were waiting for a Messiah to come. In John 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God, was with God, and the Word was God. I always say those two backwards. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In verse 14 we see that Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen the glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. There's been one who's been prophesied about that was coming to be the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the one in whom we would find life and hope. He was with God in the beginning, right? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, a part of God. God sent his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this world. Why? My dear children, I write this to you so you'll, you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. See, we had a sin problem in this world. And there was only one way to get forgiveness for our sins. That was for the Father to send His Son, the very nature of Himself, to this world. Why? To be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Jesus Christ came because it says the wages of sin is death. There's a punishment. There's a guilt for sin. That punishment is death. But the gift of God is eternal life, which we find in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who the Father sent. Romans chapter chapter 10 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Because everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, we're calling on who Jesus was, all that he accomplished, the reality that he spoke of in John chapter 14, where he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to come to the Father except for through, through me. 
That's who Jesus Christ is. That's what Jesus Christ has done. If you don't know Jesus Christ, take a moment. Find someone who can help you meet him. Because from his presence, you can speak the name of Jesus. If you've never met him, it's not very profound to talk about his name. Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to tie my shoe because Jim's just waiting for me to trip. You know, he told me this morning, I do everything fast. Eat french fries fast. Never live it down. I love my wife. Back to the song. Uh, I speak the name of Jesus. What are we doing when we sing this song? Like, like, what is the point? What is the position of what we just sang? The why behind it. And when we sing this song, what I see more than anything else in the midst of this song is it is a song of intercession. Do you know what it means to intercede? So sometimes we stand in the middle. We stand in the gap. We, we cry out. And I'm not just talking about through, through prayer, because that's obviously where we see it in prayer. But in life, sometimes we intercede when we see a need and we, and we do our best to try to see that need facilitated. So sometimes we become this go-between, between the promise and, and the one who needs the promise. That's really what intercession is, is the reality that we know the promise, the promise that's found in Jesus Christ. We've experienced the promise, and we know there's someone who needs it, right? We sung about what? Our families. We sung about um, those who have addictions. We sung about those who, who, who um, need power or healing or life. Like we sing about these things. And in the midst of that, this song is a song of intercession. Like I recognize that someone needs life. I recognize someone needs salvation. So if someone needs salvation, what should I do? Speak Jesus! Right? Uh, why, why are we make it so complicated? Like if someone needs to know, they need to hear, right? So what should I do? I should speak Jesus. It's real powerful stuff. This is where it gets real simple. This is Philippians 2. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's who Jesus Christ is. In this song, we see several aspects about speaking the name of Jesus. We should have urgency when it comes to the name of Jesus. Jesus came and said to them, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I am with you always to the very end of the age. I speak Jesus because there's an urgency in me. There are some who don't know. There are some who have not experienced. There are some who have not heard. To all nations... 
There should be an urgency in speaking the name of Jesus because in that name, we talked about this, is found salvation. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Acts chapter 4. Salvation is found in no one else. Someone might want to underline that. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He is the means of salvation. For someone who has not been saved, there's no other way than through Jesus Christ. They will not find salvation if they don't hear the name of Jesus Christ. If we don't speak the name of Jesus Christ, they can't come to salvation. That makes sense. I speak Jesus. There's several promises we speak about. There's peace in the name of Jesus. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he himself is our peace. Who has made two groups one. He destroyed the barrier and the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself a new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Do you know someone who needs peace? Apparently, um, my cell phone found someone who needs peace. Love cell phones. She just said, here's what I found when I asked my question. Should have been the whole world. You know, there's freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. There's people who need freedom. Jesus said, I come to set the captives free. There's freedom that can only be found in his presence. We have the key. We have the truth, the name, the reputation, the authority, the cause of Jesus Christ. I speak Jesus. There's hope in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. There's hope in the name of Jesus. Not only is there hope, there's healing. This story in Acts, there's a guy that's, that's begging. He wants some silver and gold, right? He's asking them for these things. And, and Peter's like, I, I got that. Like, that's not what I have. But what does he say? There's healing in the name of Jesus. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong because there's healing that comes through the name or the cause of Jesus Christ. Peter was simply being an intercessor in this moment, connecting one who needed the promise with the one who made the promise. Jesus was the way, the truth, and life. Trevor got a gold star in Sunday school for reading these verses. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. These signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will 
Place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Because, see, there's power in the name of Jesus. Not only power, but life in the name of Jesus. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? It says in John chapter 11, there's life. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. There's a lot of people who are living but need life. Like that show, I've never watched it, but it sounds The Walking Dead. And I mean, that's what it seems like. Like, there's a lot of people who are living, but they need life. They need the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They need the new life that God has called them to live. But we're silent. There's no urgency. There's no time. It's not convenient. Maybe we don't really know Jesus. And because we don't know, We're not really sure what his name means. There's an entire world who needs what you've got. Let's come closer to home. There's family members who need what you've got. There's co-workers who need life. There's friends who need healing. There's neighbors who need hope. There's enemies who need peace. And we're silent. Colossians 3, this is the end. You guys can come forward. I know they got a Project Rescue offering that's coming later. So if you got change, make sure you find a kid with a bucket and give it to them. We can take that up too. I know they talked about pastor appreciation later. Uh, I, I'm appreciated. Pastor Tara's appreciated. We appreciate your appreciation. Uh, we might get to that if you want to, but, but please, I want to spend some time speaking the name of Jesus this morning. You guys can come forward. I'm the pastor. I get to take things over. Do it my way. Colossians chapter 3 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you Richly, as you teach, admonish, and admonish one another with wisdom through all psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, do it all in the name 
of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, this morning I, I want to give us an opportunity to intercede. It's hard for me to not sing this song in worship and think of people. It's hard for me to not have, have time with, 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 this, with this song, I Speak Jesus, and to not have faces that come to my heart. And they're coming to my heart because I know that they need it. This morning was great for me. We always sing this song and there's a line that says, I speak Jesus over my family. You want to know what's great? My family was next to me and I'm speaking Jesus over my family. I want my kids to do well in life. I want them to stay out of jail and not do drugs. I want them to get married and and, and have kids. But none of it matters if they don't know Jesus Christ. You know, we always hear about grandma that was on her knees praying for our kids. What about mom? What about dad? We know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, come to me this morning and we'll pray together. And I'll introduce you to the greatest man, to the greatest God, to the greatest one that you can ever meet. I'll tell you about the forgiveness of sins and the price that was paid. I'll tell you about the cross and why the cross and how through the cross becomes the forgiveness of your sins. I'll tell you about the reality of heaven and hell and the reality that that if we don't know Him, we're going to a place of eternal punishment. Because I want to speak the name. I want to speak Jesus. I want to speak the story. I want to speak the promise. I want to speak the hope and the power and the life that come through that name. Father, this morning, in this place, God, I pray that this place can become a place of intercession. I know it's a place of your presence. And God, I thank you that we've experienced you today. I thank you that we we heard from you. I thank you that that we sang about you. I thank you that that we've experienced you this morning, even in the Word, that we felt your presence and and felt your your love. God, there's some that need it. And this morning, I pray that as we spend time singing this song, God, that that it can be a time of urgency. It can be a time of intercession. It can be a time of experience. It can be a time of expectation. Stir in us, God, your heart. I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name. As they, as they sing this song, I encourage you to find a position of, of prayer, a position of praise, a position where you can be in his presence. And there might be a moment where we sing a line that someone comes on your heart. You know what? If you don't keep singing the song, I'm going to tell you this, it's okay. You know, if we sing about someone needing hope and, and God places them on your heart, it's okay to stop singing for a little bit and just pray for them. Allow this to be a moment where you're led by the Spirit of God. His Spirit is living and active. He indwells all who believe. 
Let Him direct your heart in these moments to cry out for Jesus Christ, to cry out for the promises of Jesus in those that He places on your heart. As a pastor, if you have a need this morning and you want someone to pray with you, I'll be up front to pray with you. If you say, Pastor, I need hope or I need healing or I need peace or I need Jesus, I want to speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Amen. It's a name above every other name. It's a name that everyone needs to hear. It's a name that I know. It's a name that I must speak. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may he turn his face towards you, grant you his peace. And may you speak the name of Jesus.